Welcome to Regrettably Sober, a companion podcast for Was I Drunk by the Salted Peanuts. I am your host, Austin Cross. And as you can tell by the cover art for our podcast, the title's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The way we're going to approach the news is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, I'm not that negative. I don't have that dim of a view of humanity, although it's getting there. Um, But as the tagline says, a weekly recap of humanity's slow spiral into oblivion. Um, (laughs) We may just be headed there. Who knows? But I want this podcast to be a weekly look at the news in a kind of different filter. Um, since we've moved the Was I Drunk format to a bi-monthly um, format, if we ever get it back out again, uh, we can't really do current events because we record once a month and um, current events are no longer current. So this podcast is basically going to run from Fridays to Thursday the next week and then publish on Fridays. So the news between Friday and that next Thursday. And I want us to have a little bit of humor involved because when you look at the things happening in the world if you don't at least crack a smile or try to laugh at it i think it's going to be too overwhelming i think that the news is bleak at the moment somewhat and it's important to be able to just brush it off a bit and say you know what i can't change it but it should be definitely something i'm informed about so with that I want to go ahead and break into our first news story for this week, which is out of the AP, and it's China's military ready to fight after drills near Taiwan. So China's military has announced, thank God they told us, because I had no idea, that they are ready for combat against Taiwan and just eager to go. Um, so those of you that don't know, and I want to go ahead and give a little bit of back history here, because it's important to understand why this is a conflict in the first place. Um, Taiwan is part of China. That's China's policy, at least. And that all stems back to the revolution in the 1940s, where the Communist Party under Mao took control of mainland China. And the former Republic of China's government, led by Shanghai Shek, um, were basically exiled to the island Taiwan. Essentially, Shanghai Shek's forces just kept losing, all the way to the point where they were backed up against the ocean. And then they took China's navy, which was still loyal to the Republic, and hightailed it across the ocean to, to Taiwan, where they still were in charge. And since then, they just kind of held the island, and China didn't take it because they couldn't, at least for the first 40 years of this. Um, one, they didn't have a navy because Shanghai Shek took it, and how are you going to get across the uh, South China Sea without a navy? And number two, uh, politically, economically, it makes sense to make Western nations angry. But as a matter of fact, um, we didn't even recognize the communist government in China as the official Chinese government until the 70s. Uh, Up until the 70s, the Republic of Taiwan actually sent a representative to the United Nations to fill China's seat. And it wasn't until the 70s that we finally said, okay, well, let's recognize the reality that the Communist Party took over in China, right? But that being said, we've also maintained that Taiwan has its independence from China. China, on the other hand, since the 70s has maintained, no, it doesn't that there's only one China, and Taiwan is a part of it. So up until the last several years, that's been basically everyone's motivation to maintain the status quo, right? Let's just not rock the boat. China can continue saying that there is one China, and Taiwan's a part of it, even though they don't have any actual authority or control in Taiwan, and the Taiwanese can maintain their independence. Well, that's all until President Xi uh, Jinping uh, came into power and he said, no, 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 no. We're going to go ahead and take active steps to 
reintegrate Taiwan into mainland China. So there's been a lot of saber rattling. Um, they've been really amping up their military uh, capabilities and capacity in the region. And they have been basically making it no secret that they intend to retake Taiwan. Now, here's the rub. Western nations obviously don't like that, but what can they do to stop it outside of going to war with China, except for the United States? That's because we have a mutual defense pact with Taiwan. We are committed to the defense of Taiwan. We have stated so. We have it codified in U.S. law that if Taiwan is attacked, we will defend them. So, the question then becomes, are we good for our word, and do we want to let bullies make decisions that run the world? Well, the answer for me is I don't like bullies, and I don't like people that support bullies. So, I feel like, no, you don't have to get away with it. If China attacks Taiwan, we need to treat Taiwan as it is in reality. It's an independent nation. It has been an independent nation since the 1940s. It is not part of China. And if China decides to gobble it up, that is no different than what Hitler did to Poland. And if we do not put our foot down, we are going to be asking for more and more of it. We've already had a problem with Putin. We're going to get to that in a little while with Ukraine. But, dude, we didn't put our foot down when he invaded Crimea. And look where we're at. Look what we're doing now, right? He said, oh, I can get away with it. Well, I'll just keep doing it then. And now we have to deal with Putin waving his nuclear dick in our face every chance he gets. And quite frankly, I don't want Putin's nuclear dick in my face. I just don't. So I would like to tell China to go fuck themselves if they think they're going to get away with this. So I absolutely believe we defend Taiwan. If China decides to show its ass and invade Taiwan, we defend them. And if that means going to war, that means going to war. And if China is dead certain we will do that, then I believe China will not actually invade Taiwan. But I could be wrong. Because I don't think they want the consequences of that. The economic consequences, the military consequences of that. China's got a big population. China's got a large military. They are not honestly capable of standing toe-to-toe with us, and they should know that. Um, they could make it a fight, but um, I don't believe they win that war. And I think they don't want to risk that situation. So I want to move on from that cheery, wonderful topic to something a little bit more fun, and that's going to be that half American offices are empty, according to CNN. Um, and that could be a big risk for the banks. And I say fun because what's more fun than complete financial collapse of the U.S. banking system? So, I mean, in all honesty, I'm being a little sarcastic there, but at the same time, I mean, kind of screw the bankers, right? I mean, uh, and screw landlords. But uh, if you can't tell already uh, and you don't know me, I am pretty left-ish, you know? I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, full on left. I'm not a not a card-carrying communist, but I definitely believe in, you know, more left-wing philosophies and ideologies. So if that's not your cup of tea, you know, eat one. I don't really care. So anyways, um, let's go move on to the collapse of the U.S. Uh, banking system. So bankers are worried that because, like, half of U.S. offices are empty now, um, we're going to start seeing a major impact. I mean, if they have to stop renting those spaces and they stop getting their, their sweet, sweet rent, then you know, how are they going to pay their mortgages? And, oh, they're going to have to default. And then, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well, I'm sorry. We built too many skyscrapers, and now this is where we're at, okay? We built too much office space. 
And the pandemic allowed us to work from home and showed that working from home was a perfectly viable option for most people. Why would people want to go back to the office? And just think about it. It sucks. You have to get up early. You have to uh, drag your ass out of the house. You have to drive across town and hit traffic, possibly. You have to find a parking space, pay for parking. Then you have to ride a little tiny elevator up to the 42nd floor so you can sit in your tiny cubicle and then have your boss breathing down your neck all day. Of course people prefer the independence of working from home. And I've seen study after study that shows that they're still getting their work done. You know, all you do by making them go to the office is pretend to work harder, to get good at looking like they're working harder or good at looking like they're filling that time. In reality, they're blowing it off. They're wasting time at the work, too. Uh, they just are good about hiding it from their employer. So, I mean, I've seen studies talking about a four-day work week, and we can talk about that at some point, but a four-day work week um, is actually probably reasonable because most people don't do more than four days' worth of work in a week. Uh, but maybe I'm coming that fifth day, they're just basically stretching out what they're doing in those four days. So I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing outside of, obviously, a banking collapse uh, or a banking crisis would hurt average people as well. However, I think we have a bigger problem to think about, and that's that our entire society is based around this idea that growth has to happen. We need a bigger population, we need more cities, more space, more jobs. It also means more resources, and it's not sustainable. Um, we are entering a period in human history where we are not going to be able to sustain uh, this level of growth for much longer, and we need to redefine what it means to be a successful society, what it means to have a successful economy. And I think that means we need to be comfortable with the idea that shrinkage may happen. Not the kind you get out of the pool, but the kind that happens because the economy is kind of not growing. It's kind of reducing in size. Um, we need to be okay with not selling as many iPods. Oh, God, I dated myself there. Many, as many iPods and buggy whips as last year. You know, no. Uh, but as many uh, iPhones as last year. That's more modern, right? We need to be comfortable with the idea that Maybe we start repairing crap instead of replacing it every time it breaks because we just cannot keep up with this level of consumption, especially as the rest of the world becomes more and more developed. They're going to want a new iPhone every year and they're going to, and this is not enough stuff to go around. So I personally don't want to murder each other in the streets over resources. So let's just learn to reframe what it means to be successful and maybe having less offices and less skyscrapers and less Office space is a good thing, okay? So we need to just redefine this and maybe uh, figure out a way to move back from the precipice and be okay with that, you know? So um, I'm going to move on to <laughs> another cheery topic. Once again, the uh, theme of this podcast is let's talk about depressing shit and try not to cry. Um, but we've got a shooting in Louisville, Kentucky. Good old Kentucky. So. Five people were killed at a bank when a disgruntled employee came back with a gun and, well, shot the place up. And this just is one more example of, I don't know, our absolute inability to deal with this growing problem of people using guns to murder other people in this country. We have a problem and we're not willing to admit it. At least not enough of us are. I'm a gun owner. I like my guns. I like shooting my guns. I have a CCW. I carry for self-defense on many occasions, um, if not most occasions. But 
but it's not worth it. Um, and anyone that says, you know, well, you can't take the guns away, take the guns away, or criminals are still going to have the guns, you see, and then the criminals are going to come and criminalize you. Okay, well, here's the problem. Criminals aren't committing these mass shooting acts. They're not. They're not criminals to the day they shoot the place up. These are regular people or regular mentally disturbed people that are shooting most of these places up. And that's what we're really upset about. We're not, we're not upset about in this country, generally speaking, of random normal gun violence. You know, a couple crips get together, a couple bloods, and they kill each other. Okay, we're perfectly fine with that usually. That's part of the news cycle. What we get upset about is when... Shootings happen places that they shouldn't happen, quote unquote, in the in the in the nice areas, in the good schools, you know, in this bank, bank. You shouldn't shoot in a bank. Oh my God! Not unless you're John Dillinger, um, dude. Those aren't criminals shooting up schools. Those are people that are disturbed, people that are angry, and they're using their legally purchased firearms to do so. Okay, and don't come back at me with this whole nonsense of like, well. You know, uh, you can kill somebody with anything. You can come kill them with a hammer. A hammer is just as deadly as an AR-15. Now, bullshit it is. Don't, don't, don't do that. That's a false equivalency, and it's a bad false equivalency. Um, we did not rush into battle in World War One wielding hammers against machine guns. Why? Machine guns were better at killing people than hammers were. Simple as that. You don't walk into a school and kill 30 people with a hammer in three minutes. It just doesn't happen. Um, sure, you can kill someone with a hammer. Absolutely, you can kill someone with a paperclip if you want to. Uh, it doesn't make it as deadly of a weapon as a as a, as a, as a semi-automatic rifle or a fully automatic rifle. And you want to point to why gun laws do work. Most of these shootings, if not almost all of them that I have seen over the last 20 years, are perpetrated with perfectly legal firearms. Why? Guess what? These people don't know how to get access to illegal firearms because they're not criminals. So, like, could you get a machine gun in this country if you're a criminal? Sure you can. You know that guy. You know uh, Jim Bob down the corner. He sells machine guns. I'll go down and get a machine gun and a grenade from him because he knows how to get illegal weapons. Guess who doesn't know? Little Timmy, who's just getting tired of being bullied at school. He doesn't know how the hell to get the machine gun. So what he does is he goes and gets a gun he can get a hold of. And that shows conclusively that gun laws can work if they're actually enforced. And guess what is enforced? The rule of machine guns, right? You have a class three federal firearms license, go through a ton of paperwork and have it registered to get a machine gun. No one is doing that to commit a mass shooting. They want their satisfaction, instant gratification right now. They want to get in there and get the job done. So they get an AR-15 off a shelf, they buy it, they take it home that day, and they get to work. And I know I'm sounding horrible here saying this, but it's just frustrating to me. And that frustration is really just personified every single time there's a mass shooting in a school because The Onion News, which is a satirical news site, if you're not aware, runs an article. And it's the exact same article every time. And it's been going on for over a decade at least. And the headline of the article simply says this. No way to prevent this says only nation where this regularly happens. And that right there sums it up. Just the absolute frustrating futility of the situation and our inability to cope with and confront an uncomfortable truth for Americans, because we love our guns, that maybe just maybe guns are part of the problem. 
So now we're going to move into something a little more cheery, since I brought the room down with that. Um, and I'm going to crib a segment from our companion podcast, Was I Drunk? And we're going to go ahead and move it on over to this podcast. And that, of course, is... I will be dirty, rotten, traitor, and yes, stupid. Trump indictment watch, and it's actually happening, guys. Oh my God, I'm so excited. It's actually happening. This has been a moment in the making that I've just been waiting for and waiting for for, I don't know how long, but it's been amazing. Now, unfortunately, we were on quite a hiatus, was I drunk? Um, when this news broke, so we didn't get to cover it there, uh, but I'm so happy to be able to bring it here and discuss it with you today. Now, you might be asking yourself, what did he get indicted for? What could our glorious, glorious leader Trump have ever been indicted for? He's a, really a paragon of virtue. Um, was it the role he took in the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol? No, 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 of course not. What's a little treason among friends? Or perhaps, maybe, it was his, you know, ever-so-subtle attempt to influence the Georgia Secretary of State to find, you know, 10,000 votes, uh, as you do when when you lose an election. Um, Perhaps it was that. That that has to be illegal, right? I mean, maybe. They're still talking about indicting him for that, but no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Let's see. Let me check my notes here. He was indicted for... Oh, yeah. Being dumb as shit. And, uh... Violating campaign finance laws, paying off a former porn star so that she wouldn't talk about their illicit affair when he was married to the most elegant first lady of all time, Melania Trump. Oh, um, that's what he was indicted for. Okay, okay. District Attorney uh, Bragg out of New York indicted him in relation to the 2018 conviction of his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, uh, who pleaded guilty to campaign finance uh, violations. And under his testimony, he says he definitely, most definitely took those directions from Trump. Now, Trump's, of course, saying, no, I didn't. Um, Because what lawyer wouldn't just go and randomly pay off a porn star for an affair without being asked to by their client or directed by their client? Um, That's just a good friend. That's a good lawyer, if you ask me. He just went and did it out of the kindness of his heart. He definitely didn't get reimbursed by Trump. uh, uh, oh, no, no, hold on. Yep, he did. He did. It's right here. Okay, shit. Um, well, I mean, okay, so what? So what? He violated some campaign finance law. Who really cares? Uh, well, I care. Uh, because the man's a grifter and a swindler and a cheat and a liar, and all politicians are to certain degrees, but my God, this man has really taken the cake. And quite frankly, if you can't get him on all the other crap he's been doing, because he's done a lot then by God, get him on this. You know, they didn't convict Al Capone for all the murders he ordered. They convicted him for tax fraud, because that's what they can make stick. So, make it stick, is all I gotta say. Now, I also think he should get indicted in uh, Georgia. His role with January 6th is a little harder to prove his complicity. Uh, But that being said, I really feel like he did egg on that crowd, and I think he's a garbage human being and a traitor for doing so. Um, he was trying to overturn the election results because he didn't like them, okay? Well, you know what? No one likes losing, but he's a loser. Trump's a loser. He's been a loser his whole damn life. He was a loser. His dad knew he was a loser. He had to pay for his grades in school, okay? The man is a moron. The only thing he's been ever good at, ever good at, is marketing himself. 
He's been good at lying about himself. Well, we finally caught on, man, and you're not going to be president again. The only question is how much damage do you do to our country on your way out and hopefully into an orange jumpsuit to match your stupid orange face. All right, that got me a little worked up, but you know what gets me really excited is World War I era defensive tactics in battle. So Putin has dug himself a really awesome mega trench. Hey, trench warfare is back, baby, and uh, who said it was going out of style? Russian troops dig a huge defensive fortification visible from space. Ooh. In space! And in doing so, he's prepared himself for the coming ass-kicking he is going to receive because his troops are under-trained, they're under-fed, they're under-equipped. Hell, they've been giving them Mosin the Gaunt rifles and pulling World War II-era battle tanks out of storage. Um, because Ukraine is just fed up. And he bit off more than he can chew. So, going back to the China thing, right? The bully thing. Um, this is what we get, man. This is what happens. We let him get away with this crap in Crimea in 2014. Um, and I'm not a critic of President Obama, but that was a bad decision. He should not have let that happen. Um, we should have intervened. And we should have made it very difficult for Russia to, to accomplish that. But anyways, off the soapbox. Um, we then take Crimea. And then he said, yeah, okay, they're not going to stop me. I'm going to get me a piece of Ukraine. Ukraine, you should be part of the Soviet Union. You should be part of Russia. I should be part of Russia again. Well, Vlad, tough titty, it's not. And all you're doing by trying to make it part of Russia again is proving how weak and ineffectual the Russian military has become. Because for many, many years now, uh, oligarchs and mobsters have siphoned off money meant to upkeep the Russian military, meant to improve and modernize it, and instead have pocketed that money and your corrupt-ass government has let it happen. And now, well, what do you know? You don't have what you need. I mean, these uh, T... was it? T-14 Armadas are coming in these tanks, these battle tanks. These are a new Russian tank, right? The, 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 the uh, cream of the crop. And the T-90, I believe it was. Those are the, 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 these modern Russian battle tanks are supposed to kick some butt. And they are getting wrecked and absolutely destroyed by... By comparison, primitive anti-tank weapons. I mean, really. Uh, not to mention javelins and all other kinds of things. So, they're just completely incapable of mounting this, this, this war and, and fighting this war. Yet here they are, trying to fight the war. And now he's built himself a big old trench to bring back the good old days of the Western Front uh, in World War I. So, uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Well, no, hopefully it does. Hopefully Ukraine and... Uh, its uh, support from the Allies uh, absolutely crushes Putin and leads to someone leading him out behind the woodshed. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, they built this giant trench, uh, basically trying to... It's like 50 miles behind their front lines, and they're just trying to do anything they can to keep Ukraine from uh, pushing them back across the border, you know, basically. And uh, that's what needs to happen. So we'll uh, cross our fingers and hope for that. Leading from that into another Ukraine story, we have this leak, this intelligence leak coming out of the BBC, this story is, um, where apparently someone, not naming names, uh, has leaked a bunch of intelligence documents about Ukraine. Now, there's some concern that the Russians have manipulated the information and then published it uh, after it was released, uh, so that not all the information is precisely correct and it makes them look better than they do. But it's, it's a lot of stuff about basically 
our commitment in Ukraine, weapons we've sent, um, intelligence operations we're running, stuff like that. Now, this is happening on Thursday. We're reading this story, but basically, um, I just read a minute ago that they may know who the leaker is. Uh, he may have been working on a military base, if not in the military, but a, perhaps somebody who just worked on the base. Uh, we don't know for sure yet, so we'll, we'll, we'll update that story probably next week. But um, look, I'm all for whistleblowing. I'm all for leaking information that is going against our constitutional norms. This is not okay. This is leaking information that has nothing to do with violating the law or violating our rights. This is about an ongoing uh, war effort. And maybe this person's anti-war, and that's why they did it, anti-any war. Um, and I respect that opinion. I'm not a war hawk. I don't believe we should be going to war left and right. But I do believe if you've got a bully and he's bloody in your face, you bloody his back or you're going to be in for it worse. Um, it's self-defense. Self-defense is okay. Um, we shouldn't antagonize war. We shouldn't egg for war. We shouldn't uh, hope for war. Uh, but we definitely, definitely, definitely should be willing to defend ourselves. And I think that the Ukrainians are defending themselves here 100%. They are not in the wrong. And we are definitely on the side of right and helping them defend themselves. Um, so, you know, we'll see where this goes. But for this kind of a leak, I think that's a, uh, that's a, that's a criminal. That's criminal as hell. That's, you know, absolutely immoral, too. Um, these people are just trying to defend themselves, and you're going to make it harder for that? Nah, you can go to hell. Uh, we don't know the motivations yet of this person. We don't know who the person is for sure. But if it's just because, you know, you think your own personal philosophy is over that of others, you can suck an egg. I don't care. But let's go ahead and move on to everyone's most favorite fun topic, abortion. So, obviously, we had the Supreme Court ruling earlier this year that um, invalidated Roe v. Wade finally. The conservatives have been pushing for this forever. They had to get a supermajority basically on the court to make it happen. And they have basically said there is no constitutional protection for abortion uh, and that it's up to the states to decide. Well, some states have decided. And one of those states is the great state of Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the assholes. And if you are a listener from Texas and you think that this ruling is a-okay, then guess what? I mean you, not the other Texans who aren't trying to impose their own version of Leviticus on you. So, yeah, a Texas judge ruled that this uh, abortion pill that was being approved by the FDA, and the pill's called Mifeprex, or Mifeprex, something like that, uh, anyways, though, it is to end a pregnancy. And this Texas court came down and said, no, 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 not in our Lone Star State. And specifically, not, even, not in our Lone Star State, but you can't approve it, period. Um, which is a bunch of bullshit. They're all about states' rights when it benefits them, but then they want to apply their states' rights to other people, which that does not make states' rights. So this decision would basically end uh, the FDA's approval and prevent it from being. Uh, distributed. So, I love this article. It's off the hill. Uh, it says, GOP largely silent on Texas ruling with party in a bind on abortion. Because they got their asses handed to them in the midterms, they were expecting a blowout. They were expecting a wave, a red wave, and they absolutely got obliterated. Yeah, they took the House of Representatives, but just barely. And they did not take the Senate. They actually lost a seat in the Senate. Why? Because even though, historically speaking, the incumbent president loses control of Congress in his second year, um, guess what? 
people support the woman's right to choose, like 60% do. So they got their asses kicked because for 40 years they've been pushing and telling us they're going to get rid of abortion. And I don't think most GOP politicians actually really was pushing for that. I think they just wanted to use it as an issue, a nice wedge issue, to get you to the polls and make you vote. It's like the Joker says to Harvey Dent in Dark Knight, you know, I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught it. Well, the Republicans have caught the car. Um, they caught their wish, and now they're getting hurt electorally. So all these people who before it was made illegal got out there and they railed hard against abortion. Oh, it's an evil. They're killing babies. Oh, my God. How dare they? Um, suddenly are silent because they're completely spineless pussies, and they didn't actually believe in these issues. They just wanted to use them. And now that it's going to hurt them politically, what do you know? They have no conviction whatsoever about it. Not a little bit, not even a tiny fraction of a bit. So they have been completely silent for the most part because they just, they didn't really care in the first place. They used you. If you're a pro-lifer, they used you to get votes. And now that it's not going to get them any more votes, well, and it's not really something they need to worry about, we're just going to move on, right? Um, dude, at the end of the day, they took away a right, a fundamental right of American women. And I don't care if you believe in the pro-life position. Truthfully, I can understand why you feel the way you do if you believe that from the moment of conception, it's a baby. I get why you would feel the way you do. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with the premise. It's not a, a baby. But I get why you'd feel that way. That being said, you don't have the right to impose your views on anybody else. You don't have the right to tell a woman who's been raped, who's a victim of incest, that they have to have a child by their abuser. You do not have the right to tell somebody who's going to birth a child into this world that is not loved, that is not wanted, that they have to have that child and put that child through all of that abuse, all of that neglect. And there aren't enough people in the world to adopt all those unwanted children and give them a loving home. So you need to get your nose out of other people's business because it's not your business. End of statement. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap up. And I want to do this at the end of every episode. I want to wrap up with a story that actually is a little funny, but also highlights, once again, the depressing reality of life for people in the world today. So, a little bit of dark humor to end your day. We have a story in the mirror, now the UK, I'm going to me some UK publications here, and it's a real estate story. It says, luxury flat with bunk bed above the oven so you can burn your bum. Okay, so basically, um, this just highlights the, the housing situation in the world, not just America, but the world, where prices have gone up, 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 and for less and less and less. You get less and less and less. So here's it's 500 pounds a month, which, ooh, that's not that much, right? Okay, so we scroll down, we look at a picture here. And literally, it's like maybe a bedroom-sized apartment. Size of one bedroom, essentially, right? And the bunk bed is set up, so you have office space underneath. That's a smart utilization of space, that's good. But the ladder is leading right down to a, right against the stove where there's two burners. So as you're going down the ladder, your 
ass is literally going to touch those burners if they were on. Now, obviously, a smart person wouldn't be having the stove going while climbing out of the bunk bed. But this is just, oh my God, what landlords are getting away with, especially in cities, but everywhere, okay? Outrageous rent for, I mean, poverty-level accommodations. When are we going to get to some Russian Revolution-level poverty where people get fed up enough and just take to the streets and start cutting off people's heads? Uh, some French Revolution nonsense, right? Is it going to take us starving first? Is that what the, the threshold is? It was for the French Revolution. It was for a lot of the Russian Revolution. Is that what it's going to take? Are we going to have to go hungry before we say enough's enough? You have plenty. It's time for you to stop hogging all the rest. Um, now, I'm not a straight socialist. I'm going to say that out loud right now, okay? I believe socialism, mixed with the economic freedom of capitalism, is probably the best economic system for anybody in the world, okay? I really do. Um, I believe democracy, representative democracy, is the best form of government to have. So you have those two things together. I think that's a good system. Um, but I'm not a straight-up socialist. I don't believe government control of uh, industry and everything else is the best. Uh, I'm not a communist, okay? I think you go to the extremes on anything, and you get bad results. So that's why I'm not, like, far left. But for the love of God, I am for human beings treating other human beings with respect and dignity and not taking advantage of each other. And that's what this is. This is just another example of that. Oh, well, you ain't got enough money to live in a real apartment. Here is a stove over your bed to burn your ass when you wake up in the morning. Um, here, is a, uh, here, is a, here is a studio apartment. In reality, just a closet with a bed in it. You know? I'm subletting this closet um, with a bed in it and calling it a studio apartment. And right there is probably a um, symptom. Of the, of the problem itself, people are so strapped, even these landlords, even people who are, who are doing this sometimes, to where they feel like they have to do those things just to make ends meet. I'm sure there are people like that out there, okay, that are subletting that closet because, by God, they just need the income, uh, and they're getting screwed like everybody else. But we have to do something about this, people, okay? Um, I love Star Trek. Absolutely love Star Trek. And Star Trek is one of the most optimistic science fiction programs you can get. It says, without shame, without equivocation, there's a better future, humanity can fix its problems, and we can get there together. I believe that. I really do. But it's not going to come without enough people working very hard to make it happen. So, this has been Regrettably Sober. I am, unfortunately, very sober for this podcast. And remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I will be getting this put up soon. Um, please check out Was I Drunk, our companion podcast. And me and my friends, we have a lot of fun doing that. Um, and I think we talk about some interesting things, okay? And like and subscribe, please. Let me know uh, what you liked, what you didn't, okay? So, until next week, the bottle may be dry, but please don't cry. Have a seat and laugh at the end of the world with me.